0: But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.
2: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
3: You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golic. There's officially a new head coach in New England. We got an introductory press conference yesterday from Gerard Mayo. And the 15th head coach in New England has one thing he wants to make very clear.
2: Now, Bill always says this, managing expectations. For me, I'm not trying to be Bill. I'm not trying to be Bill. I think that Bill is his own man. Uh, If you can't tell by now, I'm a little bit different even up here. Uh, But what I will say is, you know, the more I think about, the more I think about, like, the lessons that I've taken from Bill, hard work works, right? Hard work works, and, and that's what we're all about when I talk about leadership, most people think it's like a chessboard and a guy moving pieces on the board. I really don't uh, believe that to be correct as far as developing leaders. I think of it more as gardening, right? Gardeners really don't, they don't grow anything. They just make sure the soil is right. They, They grab the weeds out there. They water it every day, and whatever grows, grows. And that's how I approach leadership. I don't want to be, and, and we talked about it before, but collaboration is huge. I want to just water seeds. And right now we're in the evaluation process where we are planting seeds, right? We are planting seeds and hopefully uh, that will lead to the next dynasty here with the Kraft family.
3: We love a good metaphor. Don't I leave. was going to say, I love an extendo
0: yeah.
2: metaphor. I was uh,
0: going to see how deep into the farming weeds he was willing to go. I don't know if he's got farmers in the family. Hopefully he did right by all of them. And dad had the audacity to say the D word again for a guy who's been a part of it to bring up another dynasty there, setting the bar very high to begin with in a place that he knows very well.
1: Well, I mean, that was that is the bar though, right? That's what they achieved and it's gone down from that. So he's been part of it as a player and certainly has seen what's going on as a coach there as well. So he knows it, and he knows what the expectations are, and he understands that. So I, I, I love this hire, by the way. I mean, and we're going to see, obviously, changes in the organization. I love what he said right there. He said, I'm different than Bill. You can see it right now, meaning I'm speaking a lot in a press conference, <laughs> unlike Bill, who doesn't speak a well, lot in a press conference. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, there's, there's definitely that factor of it. But he's a guy who I saw the old clips of him and Tom Brady and one other former Patriots player on a talk show back when they were all young and in the height of the dynasty. And those guys joked and said, if we want to get something done in the locker room, we go to Gerard Belichick, Bill's favorite son. And so right. it, yep. it seems like he has always been this guy that's been someone who is a favorite of people inside that organization for what he brings, the leadership that you can clearly already see on display that as a player was certainly well respected and man we're in the linebacker era right now looking I mean you even throw in and shame on me for forgetting the original Patriots linebacker coach in Mike Vrabel and the job that he's done so there's some pedigree in this room and then we've certainly seen that with Antonio Pierce out in Vegas D'Amico Ryans who's been up for coach of the year in Houston we're a big linebacker era right now in NFL head coaching
1: yeah yeah we are and and listen he's he's learned from from the goat so it will be interesting to see how different this team will be led because it is going to be different. I mean, it just, it just has to uh, with the different personality. But as I said, I think it, it's a good hire – uh, as Robert Kraft said, he doesn't see color. He just picks the best coach, and it happened to be a man of color. John Mayo it does see, is seeing color a little bit. Uh, he, he said, you better believe being the first black head coach here in New England means a lot to me. I do see color because I believe if you don't see color, you don't see racism. That's what Mayo said. So he understands you know, the gravity of being the first black head coach. Uh, for the New England Patriots. And uh, I, I, I think he'll do well. I mean, I always love we're going to get eight new head coach, eight new coaches in different you know, places now. Some will be brand new head coaches, right? And I always love they say, well, rate them, give it a grade. How the hell do we know? I have no idea what Gerard Mayo is going to do as a head coach. Zero idea. So I can't grade this. I like it. I'm glad he got hired. I'm happy for any coach that gets hired. But to sit there and try and figure out how he's going to do is fool's gold. We have zero idea. Some of the best coordinators of all time tried to become head coaches and failed at it. It just, it's it, sometimes it's just not about X's and O's. It's how you lead men as well. And Gerard Mayo has always been a first in, last out guy, always been a film junkie, always been a guy to go to for other players. So I think his teammates, more than anybody else, just are just nodding. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I could see this. this. This seems like the path that he was on.
0: Yeah, I mean, all you can do in these situations, especially for Jarrod, where you don't have a ton of like direct coordinator experience. Like when we did this with D'Amico Ryan's, he had helmed a really great defense, right. and people p- poked holes in that and looked at the talent there. But you go back and you listen to the way people talked about how he led there, and certainly saw some of the things he did schematically. You had things to point to. Here it's some of the same where you're relying on the opinions and the purviews of people that knew him in those other roles, and so that's all you have to go off. Now it is interesting for Patriots fans to hear this he did an interview with wbz tv steve burton and was asked about their plans for the third overall pick and he said what i will say is this we're going to draft the best player for a position that is very important you put the pieces together now you can read that as vague as you want or you can read that as we're going to go after a quarterback up there i think would be the hopeful read for a lot of patriots fans which would at least if you're looking for things to indicate it's all right they understand where they have to get better and do it in a hurry well, they do,
1: right? I mean, they're starting over with a, a young head coach. They're going to start over and, and join at the hip with this young head coach, a young quarterback, uh, to, to be the guy to go forward. Now, whether they have a veteran there first to start out and bridge bridge the gap, or you, you get a guy with a high pick and you start him right away. We'll see. But it has to be. They, they, if you're going to try and restart this thing, it has to be with a new quarterback. I don't think there's any question about that at all. And then, you know, how he's going to run the organization. I mean, that organization was Bill Belichick, right? It started with him and ended with him. And that's not going to be the way it is with Gerard Mayo right away. That's for
0: sure. No, uh, we're excited to see the differences that come with this hire. We got a little peek in it at that press conference but you mentioned the importance of quarterback right now especially in the conference that they play in because in the afc if you essentially don't have someone who's on a hall of fame track right now or who's one of the most talented players in the world you're not gonna have a good time and jesse that's probably a good spot to transition we'll go to one of their division rivals here as josh allen and company get set for i would say the biggest test of this iteration of bill's football
3: Yeah, I mean, it's Buffalo, it's KC, it's another playoff matchup, but this time Buffalo is hosting. Josh Allen was asked about, like, the respect he has for Patrick Mahomes and sort of this rivalry, this matchup that's been going on between them for the past couple years. I I consider us fairly
0: good friends, and um, obviously in the offseason we – Tend to play some golf together. Um, at least we have in the last few off seasons. But you know he's he's a fantastic player. His track record and his resume speaks for himself at, at such a young age, and um, one of the greatest quarterbacks to already play this game. And you know he's still he's still growing and still getting better. Um, so yeah, he's he's not an easy matchup uh, for any team. Um, you know, and uh, they've gotten the best of us in the playoffs in the last few years, and. You know, we uh, finally got a, got a home game and, um, you know, just got to go out there and put our best foot forward and, and play as hard as we can play.
3: Yeah, okay, so he said it, Patrick Mahomes, 2-0 and against Josh Allen and the Bills in the playoffs, 1-3 and three in the regular season and for Mahomes, 1-3. But like he said, guys, first time Patrick Mahomes is going to have to play a playoff game on the road. That's insane. <laughs>
0: This is this is going to quickly become like the, you know, did you know Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw were high school teammates kind of stat that we hear in broadcast booths? Or did you know Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard? Everyone's heard this till they're blue in the face. Dad, how much does that actually matter in your mind that Patrick Mahomes has never had to do this and is now getting ready to go do it against one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in football?
1: I don't think it means a thing, uh, quite honestly. I mean, you, you play games on the road all the time. So what? It's not like he hasn't been in a, in a, in a big situation. So the weather's not going to have an effect. They had just what they played in, in Kansas City last week. It'll be better in Buffalo. So uh, people make a big deal of it. I don't think it's a big deal uh, at all, quite honestly. I am just amazed, Mike, at the difference in quarterbacks of who could be in the Super Bowl. Think about this in the AFC It could be C.J. Stroud, which would be unbelievable if it were a rookie to make the Super Bowl, but I I don't think a lot of people think that's going to happen. The other choices are your MVP this year, Lamar Jackson, uh, or Josh Allen, or Patrick Mahomes. And then look at the NFC. I mean, the NFC choices are Jordan Love, a first-year starter, Brock Purdy, who has played incredibly well and got hurt in the playoffs last year. He's played well, but still very young. Jared Goff, who was in the Super Bowl and lost when he was with the Rams. They lost to the Patriots. And Baker Mayfield, you know, kind of a reclamation project. That Those are your choices in the NFC as opposed to the AFC where it's probably, you know, the three best quarterbacks in the league.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, too, when you list the NFC quarterbacks were outside of brock purdy who is obviously very famously mr irrelevant there's another stat we've beaten into the ground but the rest of those guys former number one overall picks in a first round pick like now it doesn't feel that way given the path that they've gone since day you know jared goff and baker mayfield have both been famously dumped by the franchises that drafted them in those spots but the point is well served it's a very different standard right now in the afc in terms of what you need and how you can get there and for all of these AFC quarterbacks, I mean, you mentioned you know, Joe Burrow, who we obviously didn't get to see for the majority of this year because of injury. So many of these guys are on teams that have just overwhelmingly been you know benefited from everything their quarterbacks do, and the Buffalo Bills are probably the biggest example of that right now because of postseason Josh Allen and the way that his legs come to affect other teams we saw that on display as everyone's been breaking it down like it's the damn Zapruder film of Josh Allen and was he fake sliding in the last game on that 51 yard touchdown run that he had on the scramble but dad overall as you look at the battle in this game and what's at stake for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills This is one of the most important games for this iteration of the roster. I had thought that in the prior years they had gotten through their last best chance in terms of how the roster was constructed. We've seen the war of attrition affect them so much on defense, including this last game where they had a bunch of injuries at the second level of that defense. But they're in a position now where they finally got it coming through them. And there is i i'm i'm kind of with you because kansas city's not a team like miami that's you know either a dome team or a team that's used to playing in warm weather that's going to be jarred by this kansas city's not new to this not new to the environment that they're going to get in orchard park but for buffalo this is seen as a victory oh we finally got it on our terms and so if they're not able to even in a season where we left them for dead midway through if they're not able to get over the hump here this is the kind of loss that can break an organization
1: this this Mike will be the most devastating loss for this team over the last two years because they because as you mentioned they finally got KC on the road. Kansas City does does still doesn't look like the Super Bowl championship team from last year, and Buffalo is playing some of their best ball right now. And a big reason is is Josh Allen isn't turning the ball over. So you have kind of everything stacked in your to your advantage right now. So if it doesn't happen now, there the disappointment that's going to go on from the fans to management to the players is going to be like, my God, we 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 have it right here, and we still couldn't get it done. Uh, so yeah, this would be the worst of all the. And and let's remember the matchups already. A matchup of these two teams in the playoffs a couple of years ago changed a rule in the NFL because how many how many shots did we see of of Josh Allen standing on the sideline as Patrick Mahomes in overtime in the playoffs was going down the field, and Kansas City scored a touchdown, and Josh Allen never got on the field. Next thing you know, they're changing the overtime rules in the playoffs to now even if the offense scores a touchdown, the other team gets a chance with the ball. This happened because of these two guys and these two teams. That's how good they are, and that's how much the league said – All right, we got an issue here because one of the best quarterbacks never even got on the field. So they're changing rules because of these two teams and these two guys. So the importance of, of this game for Buffalo is monstrous.
0: Yeah, it is massive. And it's the simultaneous version of, hey, you're playing the some of the best football in the NFL. You've been playing playoff football since the downstretch back half of the season because of the position you were in. And you're going up against the worst Kansas City Chiefs team in this iteration of the dynasty, right? I think we can all look and say, at least offensively, this is the worst Kansas City has been since Patrick Mahomes took over as yeah. the starter. And so you're trying to catch them at that point before Kansas City, based on what we've seen in the past, inevitably retools the way that they do business here. But dad, you mentioned it to say that this could be the most painful version of the loss in a world where that 13 seconds is going to hang in the minds of every Buffalo fan until the end of time and what went down towards the end of that uh, with the end of that game that's saying an awful lot here in a rivalry dead that's slowly becoming like the new brady and uh, brady and yeah. manning right in terms of the dynamic yeah. too, were for so long tom brady was the lid on peyton manning in the postseason and despite being a guy that was every bit as talented and some people's estimations more that peyton manning was versus tom brady they weren't able to get over the hump against that team for so often in the afc playoffs and now you've got a very Similar dynamic with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs that have been the standard, and a Bills team that's been incredibly talented, but just picked the wrong time in history to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, it's like, you know, during my era, Hall of Fame quarterback Jim Kelly, you know, quarterback in the Buffalo Bills. Now, it wasn't a, a dynastic team like Kansas City, one team that ended them, but there were other great quarterbacks and teams out there that, while they got to the Super Bowl, and again, you know, give me going to the Super Bowl and losing, whether they're not going to the Super Bowl at all, and I'll take it. But they just, they just couldn't finish it uh, because of some of the other teams in the, in the league. And it gets to be somewhat damning uh, when that happens. And that was, that was for the league with Jim Kelly because they got the Super Bowls. But here it's the conference. You know, just getting out of a, the conference and getting a chance at the Super Bowl to face somebody in the NFC. Uh, th- this this is a big one. This is a monstrous one. I'm glad weather won't really have an, a, an effect on this one, or at least it shouldn't. In both both uh, potential weather outlooks for both the cold games in Buffalo and in Baltimore, it looks like it's going to be all right. Um, getting to practice during the week might be tougher than, than the game uh, itself with the weather. But uh, this is a monster game. Last game of the weekend. I mean, this is one everybody's pointing to.
0: Yep, this is the one we can only hope we get to test that overtime rule that they change. That would be the best outcome for everybody that's not a fan of either of these teams. Dad, you won't have any of those problems in your game there. Packers Niners is going to be a much easier weather experience, I'd imagine, for everybody involved here. And a very different dynamic. Like we talked about some of the matchups this weekend where it's great on great, like Bills and Chiefs, a matchup we're used to. This one's a little more interesting as we've got a pair of matchups. You mentioned the Ravens hosting CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans, but this This 49ers team that's been the class of the NFC all year is getting the best version of Jordan Love at a time where that team is peaking. But you've got two young quarterbacks trying to go in and unseed the established power here. And I do believe as we look more into this and we'll talk a lot about this game, especially tomorrow, very different challenge defensively for what San Francisco is going to pose, especially in the middle of that defense than what the Green Bay Packers saw against Dallas.
1: Yeah, without question. These are two quarterbacks. You know, with San Francisco, it's like the expectation is to be there, right? Even with the young quarterback like Brock Purdy, because he has, in his last year in starting, shown what he's shown and, and done what he's done on the field. And then with the talent acquisition around them, both offensively and defensively, we've had them at or near the top of the NFC and even the league for a while now, where Green Bay, it was supposed to be that transition year, right? Here we go again, transitioning from a Hall of Fame quarterback to a new quarterback. And Jordan Love has been nothing short of spectacular, especially going into later in the season, putting up better numbers than Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers did in their first year as starters. He has been absolutely amazing. But I know we'll break this down more uh, tomorrow, but I continue to hang on this as the biggest, one of the biggest stats out there, Mike. stat on one side and how you play it on the other side. Green Bay did so well tackling right after the catch against the Cowboys. Since 2017, who do you think the number one team in the NFL is on yards after the catch? It's oh, San Francisco. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the test Green Bay is going to have again on let them catch the three-yarder, tackle them at four— don't let him catch the three-yarder and turn it into 30. That's where San Francisco lives. So that the, from that side of the ball, that's the matchup I look forward to without question. The other side certainly is Jordan Love and the pass rush uh, coming at him from that defense. But I, I'm still amazed in just doing that game last week of all the rookie and second-year receivers and tight ends that Green Bay has that have been producing. It is incredible it's record-breaking as i mentioned during the game last week and will again this week of what these young receivers has done this is the youngest team to be in the playoffs since 1974 and it's the youngest team to win a playoff game so you want to talk about ahead of schedule they are and they don't think anything about that they they believe
0: they can keep moving on they certainly believe that they get can get it done we'll have plenty of time to sink our teeth in that tomorrow as we look ahead to the divisional round of the nfl playoffs to see who's moving on but coming up next let's talk to someone who's getting ready to try and put on that gold jacket about what goes into a hall of fame career next i want to talk about jägermeister dad what do you know about jägermeister And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York.
3: Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Former NFL quarterback Eric Allen's illustrious career spanned 14 seasons with Philly, New Orleans, and Oakland. He's a six-time Pro Bowler, member of the Eagles' 75th anniversary team, and a 2024 Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist. And now he can add to his resume. Guest on Gojo and Golik because he is standing <laughs> by with the guys right now.
0: Yeah, Eric, I'm sure that lands in the same in the same vein as all of those other great accomplishments that we just listed. How are you?
4: Right on top of the list. I tell you guys, uh, thanks for having me. And uh, as you know, me and your dad spent a lot of times in those locker rooms together. So he helps me get a lot of those things by his great pressures up front. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's nice of you to say. I do appreciate that. <laughs> All my former teammates are so nice about the fact that I'm on the line with Jerome Brown and Clyde Simmons and Reggie White, you know, and I basically helped everybody up uh, after those plays. But, Eric, listen, your, your career, and we want to talk about, obviously, today a little bit in the Raiders, which which you cover an awful lot, but but what an important time for you. 54 interceptions in your career, tied for 21st all-time, eight defensive touchdowns, tied for eighth, I think, all-time. And hear you, and I was talking about this earlier, there's a small percentage of people that played in the NFL, and an even minute percentage who wear a gold jacket or are a finalist for a gold jacket. So take us through this kind of process and in, in your, your mental state with it.
4: Yeah, this is a very exciting. Um, it's the first time that uh, I've really been able to kind of promote myself, you know, after, you know, such a long time when you, you know, you play and you think, okay, it, I always compared it to baseball and like 500 home runs. Like when you hit 500 home runs, you know, if you're a baseball player, you know, you're in all of fame And I thought that about interceptions once you reach that 50 point. So I really never thought about, hey, I'm going to have to actually go out and, and self-promote and get on radio shows and television shows and and have both organizations, Eagles and Raiders, kind of you know pump me up a little bit. But times have changed, obviously, and I played a long time ago. You know, <laughs> although you, know, you <laughs> think you can, you know, walk out and do it again, I played a long time ago. So it was just a great opportunity for me to uh, just kind of hit the ground and say, yeah. You know, I think I'm worthy, and a lot of players around the league who I've played against, Jerry Rice, Michael Irvin, uh, all those tremendous receivers I was able to battle against uh, throughout this season have uh, really spoke up on my behalf also. So that was really cool, too, to see those guys that you prepare for, you battle, you battle against and battle with uh, speak up on my behalf. So uh, one more big step, but I feel pretty confident that uh, uh, it it should be my time this year.
0: And... and Talking about this now, you mentioned having to campaign, thinking about it actively, and that fifty interception mark. I was curious about this when you were playing. Still, was this something that entered into your head when that landmark and milestone did hit? Did you allow yourself to kind of think about the potential that one day this would be possible, even while you were still playing?
4: No, not really. It didn't happen really until you know the the end of your career. You know, after you start seeing. You know, those uh, uh, Hall of Fame games on television and you see guys uh, who are being inducted and you're like, wow, I'm like 20 picks away from that, you know, or, you know, similar situation like that. And when you're playing, you always have guys that you're playing against who play your position that you're competitive with. So obviously I was in the NFC East. So. Uh, Daryl Green was the target so you know that was kind of to kind of keep pace with him uh, make sure that your numbers always fit once you go to the pro bowl like three or four times then you're like you know I need to get the numbers to get there help my team win but yes not until the end of my career did I really think about man I can get to 50 and if I get to 50 man I'm in there
1: it's so wild that that to have to even come out and talk and have the, the the team's campaign for you as well. It seems ridiculous. Your stats should, should live by themselves. Uh, but that's, like you said, not where we are. So how will you, where are you like emotionally? Is this going to be one of those, are you going to be devastated if you're not in? You expect to get in? Where This has got to be tough for you to just keep, wait on what's going to happen.
4: Yeah, totally out of your control. Our game is based on being able to uh, adjust and adapt. That's what you know our game is about. You know, and you're able to prepare and study. You know, throughout the week, and then on game day, you're able to have an effect on what happens on the field. Obviously, this is in someone's hands. It's a hopefully you know subjective view. You put my numbers up with someone else's numbers, but when I'm you know at home here in San Diego, and someone's making those decisions based on what? I mean, it can't be the numbers, because I should have already been in. It can't, well, I understand, like, the Super Bowl was extremely important, but if that's all it is, then, you know, we're not talking about individual performances. So there is a little bit of nervousness, and yes, I would be very disappointed if uh, my name is not called this year, and you just have to kind of, you know, think about it in a positive way, and say to yourself, I did everything I need to do. And in, in this year, a little differently, because, like, in the end of the year, like November, um, the young man from the Cowboys, Bland, had tied my um, right. interception record. You know, and it was like 30 years, and so people made a a, a whole week of that. So that kind of gave me a little, you know, juice, and it wasn't uh, manufactured. It was something that was kind of organic, right? So. That went on, and I think Thanksgiving. I'm sitting down, we're eating uh, Thanksgiving dinner, and he breaks the record. So, we're, you know, we're looking at it, and right before he picked it off, I was like, "Oh, that's going to be a pick right there." I could you know, just high in slow motion, and I said, "That's a bad ball. It's late. This guy's going to pick it." And he takes to the house, and then my name comes up again. Uh, <laughs> so it was more organic this time, uh, you know, and, and so that was that was pretty cool to have it happen where my family is all sitting around eating Thanksgiving. Uh, dinner and to have my name kind of blasted all over uh, Thursday night football.
0: Now a lot of a lot of great moments built in there yeah we only got about a minute left here but i did want to ask you staying with the positive mindset if it does happen you get to put on the gold jacket and you're going in we always hear about the events around the hall of fame getting to see all the legends and the other people that are a part of that is there a player that you grew up watching or someone you tried to model your game after who you'd see there who you'd be most excited to now call yourself a hall of famer amongst
4: uh first of all it's mike haynes mike uh, i think is arguably the best Uh, cornerback to ever play him in prime of course but uh, he just had a tremendous skill set he was long you're talking about in the early 80s and he could six two and a half you know 210 pounds could stay in front of you could run like a deer he was just the ultimate prototype and I knew I couldn't be that (laughs) so what I had to do is try to adapt each and every week and whatever cornerback that gave Uh, receiver issues or problems the week before i would just adapt my game to his so one week i'd play off and you know i'd play like rod woodson then the next week i'd play kind of press and be like what i call like a butterfly like uh daryl green you know i would just be a touch away uh from the receiver so i just adapted my game each and every week to all these great players who are in the league but uh you know of course prime is one of my great friends and and uh, we had great battles against each other, but Mike Haynes and, and, and Prime are probably my favorite two guys I can't wait to see. Uh, when I put on that gold jacket if it happens.
1: No, it should happen. Again, 54 career interceptions, eight defensive touchdowns, Eagles Hall of Fame, Eagles 75th anniversary team, three-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler. You should be putting that jacket on. And what people, because it's not a stat a lot that you look at with cornerbacks, a dude that would stick his nose right into somebody's chest and drop them as well. But you had to <laughs> if you were playing that Buddy Ryan defense. There's no doubt about it. EA, you're a Hall of Famer. You deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, and I'll be so happy, we will be so happy uh, the, the day you get to put on that gold jacket, man. Good luck.
4: Uh, Thank you, man. I really appreciate it, guys. Anytime, just give me a a call.
0: Thanks. We definitely will after you got the gold jacket on. Exactly. Yeah, we say we're going to bring you back once you got the hardware here, (laughs) no doubt about it.
3: Back to Gojo and Gulick. We have an amazing guest standing by with us right now. He spent nine seasons in the NFL. He's now the darling of the internet. The fellas are standing by with Meme Lord Spice Adams in the flesh. We're thrilled to have you here.
5: Hey, good morning. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) I, I spice.
0: I have to imagine it's like this for a lot of people, but I cannot hear your voice without hearing it in like some of the memes or skits that you've done over the years. Like what's it like being the most famous guy on football's internet, man? Is it nice?
5: Oh, knock it off, man. I'm, I'm just having a good time, man. I'm just, I'm having fun, man. And living the dream, man. But we were just talking before we came on live about kids and everything, man. I, I volunteer coach, Football at my son's high school, volunteer coach for wrestling, and then we got track and field. So I'm just, I'm a dad out here, man. Y'all, you you know how it is. I'm glad you got him wrestling. Uh, I'm with you. That that's
1: that's a fantastic sport. Oh my god! For what you do, obviously a, a long career in, in the NFL, but then to throw yourself into the some of the things that you do, I mean. My God, from the outfits to the actions, at some point, you had to decide, okay, if I'm gonna do this, I need to just throw caution to the wind and be as crazy as I can be.
5: You know what, it's just everything that I've been doing already. Like I used to do that when I was home, and um, you know, I would try to get people to laugh that came over to the house because I was the only child. So I didn't have any brothers and sisters that I could like, you know, do my jokes on and stuff like that, so when people <laughs> came over to the house, You know, I would dress up in, like, just crazy outfits, just something that I found that my uncles left around or something like that, and uh, I would just have a good time. And then, you know, I uh, started playing football at Penn State. I would do the same thing. I would do it in practice. I'd do it, um, you know, in the offseason. I'd do it, you know, at camp and stuff like that, man. And now I just put a camera in front of myself and just put it out on social media.
0: (laughs) And listen, it's very important stuff. And you mentioned all the hats that you wear now in your life. You are quite literally wearing a hat uh, today for Casey's Pizza, who you're here on behalf of here. So what is the important job title that you've now added to your long list with them?
5: I am the chief pizza beer officer, but I'm, I'm looking for the next chief pizza and beer officer. So and uh, in order to be that, then you have to have a love for pizza. Mike, I see you looking like you want to be the chief pizza and beer officer. Okay. Well look, man, all you can do is go to caseys.com slash best job ever. And then, you know, you can enter yourself into to being one, man. I don't know if y'all got a Casey's out there where you are. Where 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 are you at right now,
1: Mike? I'm in I'm in Arizona. I don't know if there I don't think there's one out here. I'm not sure. I'm going to look now, but Spice, I want this job. I mean, I know my son does as well, but but I'm going to go age before beauty here and say I want
5: and need this job. Hey, so look, you you go to Casey's, right? It's a gas station. All right, let's 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 keep it. It's, it's, a, it's a gas station. Usually, you don't get food. Usually, you don't get food at a gas station. You go you right. go to get fuel. But when you go, so let me, let me give you a, a quick story. So I go to Casey's. This is a Casey's right around the corner from me. When I go inside, I, I, I you know put the put the gas in the car, unleaded, not regular. I just do regular. I don't do the premium. I just do. I'm, reg- I'm a regular dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm not Me paying too. that extra money. Just nope. put the gas in, man. going. The car's going to drop. I, yep. I don't need the premium. what? Boom. Anyways, <laughs> get regular. And uh, so I, I'm I'm walking in and I see a, a car outside and it's wrapped with like pizza. They got a pizza on it or whatever. So I'm like, oh, okay, a delivery man. Is coming in here to get something to drink or something like that, get some water, whatever. So I go inside and, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting some chips or something like that. And then I see some pizza and, you know, they got it in the heating carousel or whatever. So it's spinning around or whatever. Right. And usually when you see that, you like, Ugh. Like you go in there, you might see some hot dogs that have been in there for like three days or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this pizza is looking like, hey, it's, it's, it looks like the pizza is looking at me like, come at Yeah. So I, I see it and I'm like, man, that pizza looks... <laughs> so I go and I, I, I go to take one, but then I see in the back is somebody just like making it from scratch. Like they making it with their hands, they putting fresh ingredients and all this stuff and the kitchen looks clean. And then I'm looking around like, oh, is this a gas station? Like it looks great. And so then I'm putting two to, two and two together because I start seeing these cardboard boxes, these pizza cardboard boxes. So I'm like, wait a minute they deliver pizza that's what the pizza mm. delivery guys out there for so i'm like man so i'm like all right let me buy it and let me see what it tastes like so i tasted and i'm like oh my gosh this is crazy what are what are the odds that i actually go to this place i actually like it and now i'm doing this campaign with him it's it's amazing oh. man it's amazing Hey
0: man look at look at god and people who sleep on it look at god. Food from gas stations Clearly haven't been south of a certain portion in the United States, because I promise you, you can find some grub in the gas station. Shout out to Oxford, Mississippi for always taking care. So I'm going to have to investigate this. Me and dad are going to do our homework and research (laughs) and then throw our hat in the the ring for this illustrious position right now, because we think we can help you out with all of that. Uh, The great Spice Adams, kind enough to join us here now. Uh, Spice, I'm curious, you mentioned growing up being an only child. Grew up in Detroit, so I I know you didn't end up playing for the Lions, but growing up around there and knowing the history of that franchise and now seeing what's going on with Dan Campbell and these guys, what's that been like?
5: Man, you know what? I, I go hard for the 49ers and for the Bears, and, of course, the Bears because, you know, I live here. Uh, I bought my first house here. My kids were born here. So I feel like I'm forever indebted to the city of Chicago. But me being from Detroit, like I'm so excited for the city. I'm excited for the Lions. It's, it's been a long time coming. And, um, you know, um, this it's, it's where I'm from, man. So I got roots there. So, of course, I'm happy for the Lions. But growing up, I I could not be a Lions fan because I just could not take the heartbreak. Cause I knew they were gonna lose. And but so what I what I did was uh I started becoming a fan of individuals. So I was mm. a fan of Barry Sanders because I knew he was gonna rush for a hundred yards, but ultimately, ultimately I knew they were gonna end up losing. So I had like this this love-hate relationship with the Lions, but then I was like, all right, let me get a system going here. So <laughs> um Curran Waldrip, yeah. Luther Ellis, yeah. Herman Moore, yeah, Johnny Morton, yeah, you know. So I just started like I'm gonna just focus on a person, and that's it. Like, cause I know the Lions are not going to win, and uh, so that was my system. But now it's like it it look, they they look really good, man. I'm, I'm proud yeah. of.
1: Yeah, they do. As far as a team, as you mentioned, you know, your last five years of your career was in Chicago. You still live in Chicago. Listen, we all as former players have an opinion on what the Bears should do with Justin Fields and the number one yeah. pick, but what we say doesn't matter because they don't care what we say. Do you think the Bears are going to draft a quarterback number one and move on from Justin Fields?
5: I have no idea. I have no idea. I didn't think. Um you know, back uh, I, I don't know when it was 2016 or whatever um, when they had the chance to get a, a Patrick Mahomes or or uh, Deshaun Watson, they got Mitch Trubisky. So I'm like, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, of course we have a new GM right now, but um, I don't I, I don't know what they're gonna do. What I would do is. I would keep Justin Fields and surround him with talent. I would not give up on him. I would not trade him or anything like that. Um, I I, I think he has a tremendous upside. He just needs to get uh, uh, some consistency with offensive coordinator and a a QB coach. And um, you know, he's he's probably had three uh, to maybe four offensive coordinators. And and, so it's just like you're, you're being a rookie Every year. I I remember switching from a 4-3 to a 3-4 and it was just like it was night and day. So everything that I yeah. learned in a 4-3, I had to ter- I had to throw it out the window because yep. a 3-4 is nothing like a 4-3. Yeah. Like when Understood. I get in a 4-3, I get in my stands and I'm skinning and grinning. When you get into yeah. your stance in a <laughs> 3-4, you have to I got to wait on the offensive line to move. And I'm talking yeah. about like you got you got to wait for 600 pounds to move instead of attacking yeah. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, are you
5: kidding that, me? You're
0: right. It's
1: no,
5: you're, it's, right, it's so tr- yeah, it's you're right. So it's so true.
0: It's a lot of change, and we hope Justin can navigate it as well as you were able to. Spice, we appreciate the time, brother. Appreciate thanks, all man. the know we gotta with go. Casey's thanks so much, man.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs>
0: DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that's going to make these playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. And the DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered on all the lines, odds, props for all of this weekend's NFL divisional round games. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code gojo when you do. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code GOJO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, guys, time to finish off the show the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you into the rest of your day. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review us, leave us a five-star rating. Try and check us out here live if you can. We're 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Let a friend know. Bring them on over. DraftKingsNetwork.com, the YouTube channel, Samsung TV+, Roku, and more. And if you miss it live for whatever reason or miss any of our great guests, shout out to the great Spice Adams, former NFL defensive tackle who just joined us here. Hall of Fame finalist Eric Allen, my dad's former teammates, one of the all-time great defensive backs in the NFL. You can catch that wherever you get your podcast or right here available on YouTube when we're done with the show. Guys. Let's get to this, that, and the third, and let's start off with this. Now, this probably applies more to Jesse, considering the part of the country she lives in versus where me and dad are right now. DeAndre Ayton found out the hard way that Mother Nature doesn't care if you've got a game going on. The Portland Trailblazers, where DeAndre Ayton calls home right now, had to send out team personnel to try and help DeAndre Ayton. (laughs) get out of his neighborhood as he was boxed in by sheets of ice, apparently flanking his neighborhood. Dad ultimately unaffective unavailable and had to miss their game last night against the Brooklyn Nets. Have you ever seen anything in your multiple no. decades of covering sports, a player DNP because of ice?
1: No. no. And I mean that, how do you put that down? Right? I mean, how, how do you, it's normally it's an injury or whatever, Not sure how you list that, but I've never seen this. I've heard of people not being able to get to practice, for sure, but a game, I mean, it's one of those where you know the conditions if you have to leave early or leave, and I don't know the situation out there, but I have have not seen this one where an actual game day you did not make the game because of weather.
3: So this is so legit, though, because the Blazers literally sent people They sent a team to go get their man, and they couldn't get to his house. So you know it's legit. Like, it's not like he was like, ooh, I'm. It's a little icy out there. I think I'm going to stay home for well, this Well, because that one. was my
0: question, because, like, you look at his background, like, born in the Bahamas, yeah. went right. to high school in San Diego, went to prep school in Arizona, went to college at Arizona at U of A, and then was the Suns draft pick. So he's only ever been warm, by right. and large, in his background. And, Dad, I mean, I'm sure you've had this, but I had former teammates of mine when we got to Notre Dame. I grew up in the East Coast, went to college in the Midwest. I had teammates I had to teach how to drive in the snow or help learn how to drive in the snow, who were dealing with that for the first time. So part of me thought, it's like, all right, the guy hasn't been cold very much, maybe hasn't driven through or worked around this very much, but if they got SEAL Team Portland 6 going out there and they can't get him out, now I'm willing to extend. I want to see visuals of what he was dealing with, though, because I can't picture this. No. Me
1: too. And to Jesse's point, I completely agree, because everything you laid out, Mike, is right. So you wonder how about somebody's ability to drive and stuff they haven't driven in, but... As you mentioned, they sent a team out there to try and get him, and they couldn't do it. So that had to be serious. I'm with you. I want to see
0: some video of this because
1: Apparently, this is so ice. wild.
3: Sheets of ice on the streets. She- so I want to see it. I yeah, What a missed to see
0: opportunity. It. Yeah, because I get he was stressed about not being able to get to work, which we've all been there. But at some point, you got to realize it's not going to work. Turn this thing on, let's get the footage out there so that we can run B-roll, B-roll with this. DeAndre's gotta be thinking about content all the time, man. Less basketball, more content. Speaking of someone who understands content and basketball, Jesse, let's get to that. Jimmy Butler, always giving, has been in the lab in a way that none of us could have possibly predicted.
3: So apparently he's been working on a country album for over a year now. He says he's recorded over 60 tracks and he hopes to choose from around 200 when he's done. Guys, I have a lot of questions here. And first and foremost being, and I'm, I don't work in the music industry, so I don't exactly understand how this works. Is that normal to have 200 songs to choose from for an album? I feel like that's, he's, he's overdoing it a little bit.
1: Uh, this, this is one of those, Mike, we need, we need our buddy Jason Fitz who, again, played with the band Perry, was a band leader of the band Perry. has been in that that business for a long time before jumping into the uh, sports talk business. He would know this because we've had conversations. I I have no idea how normal this is. I'm sure he's getting a lot of help once he has all those songs about a, a true producer to figure out which ones would do it. But kudos to him, man.
0: You go for that. Well, that's what he said he wants to be, Dad. He says he wants to sort of be like the DJ Khaled of country music, where he's less a singer and more a curator of the songs that end up making their way on there. So that's going to be the interesting part. And listen, Jimmy, look at the examples of some of the greats that have come before you here. Save them. Taylor Swift just made an entire living an extra leg of her albums off releasing vault tracks, previously unreleased stuff there. So you save them later on, you throw them on deluxe albums and you're ready to go. It's interesting too, cause he's from Tomball, Texas, which I've heard Bamani Jones talk about like is you know, Texas, Texas. And so people would think it comes from there. He said he actually started to love country when he was at Marquette in college. So he's always been a guy with a diverse array of interests, started the coffee business inside the NBA bubble upcharging rich guys in there when they had no other options. We've seen him show up to media days for the last couple of years with either, you know, extension dreadlocks this year. He went with the emo look. He's always been someone who's very entertaining, but country album, Jimmy Butler didn't have it on the bingo card. I listened to Andre 3000's flute album, so I will absolutely listen to whatever Jimmy Butler's putting out here on the country music. So cards. I've seen,
1: con- you know, contradicting articles that he recorded the 60, I get, but did he write them? Did he write these or just record them? Because we know there are, there are songs out there that are written. written
0: S- Sports okay. Illustrated says he's written about 60 country songs for an album. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of songs. That's impressive. If that's the truth, that boy, that, that is really impressive. Yeah. Good for him. And here we go. You know what? Listen, learn from Kristen Juice Shoot your shot with Taylor Swift. See if you can get her on a track. Try and blow up here. Acquire currency. Pass, go. Collect $200. Jesse, let's get to the third. We've talked uh, a fair amount about food on today's show. Thanks to some great reporting from Ross Tucker. But we got even better reporting yesterday about what's fueled the Baltimore Ravens and why they should now be your overwhelming Super Bowl favorite if they weren't already.
3: Yeah, apparently the Ravens love to be snacking. Always be snacking. Uh, So, (laughs) The the Uncrustable sandwiches. Um, oh. mm. They're the small pre-packaged peanut butter and jelly. I mean, we all know, often seen in lunch boxes throughout the country, uh, little packaged sandwiches. Apparently, the Ravens go absolutely ham on these, with anywhere from 30 to 60 packs disappearing a day, with 7,500 being eaten per season. So they are a favorite on the Ravens' snack wall. Um, I'm not super surprised by this rate. Right? I mean, Gojo, this is like a great way to get your peanut butter, get your carbs in, right? Like this is a this is a, a good, wholesome snack for the boys. 100%.
0: Shout out to the folks at the Baltimore Banner. Gianna Hahn did this article doing the Lord's work. And you're right because especially young athletes, lazy, you need stuff quick. You need easy access because they got a lot going on. You're going to and from meetings, practice, all this stuff. You're looking for quick energy like think halftime snacks this would fall into but dad we used to absolutely mainline uncrustables when i was in college me and braxton cave my roommate on the roads you'd you know stay in the hotel for home games and on the road we'd be going down between those and rice krispie treats and absolutely murdering them at night sitting in our beds just throwing the wrappers on the floor inevitably someone gets up to pee at like 3 a.m and you just hear wrappers crunch underfoot uncrustables are a staple of any sports locker room worth their salt one of the greatest
1: snacks of all time. And and Sarah Snyder, she's the director of sports nutrition talking about these. So, th- their nutrition is putting these up for the players. So, hell yeah. Hell yeah. They also go through 6,200 sticks of, of beef jerky, 1,800 bags of sunflower seeds a year, and other things like, you know, energy bars and things like that. But we know what this co- – and listen, I'll eat an Uncrustable every day, multiple. I love them. Mike, I know you love them. We know what the question is yeah. here. Yeah. Jesse – have you ever had an uncrustable?
3: No, I haven't God. But I do Come on. I like peanut butter and jelly. It's the same thing. I know, but you haven't had this. No, I haven't had the red dye number pocket. 40. No, I haven't had a red dye number 40 and citric acid and whatever else is in this. Oh these. no, oh, 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 stop. You know, oh
1: okay, no, truth. Okay. All right.
0: Okay. Oh my God. Yes, I'm wow. a, Yes,
3: I'm a millennial woman, so I'm not gonna drink out of a plastic water bottle, but I will get Botox in my forehead, okay? I'm a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she contains multitudes, folks,
0: just like the best uncrustables contain grape jelly and not strawberry jelly. And upon this rock, I will Boom. build my church. If you rock with us, download, subscribe, rate, review this podcast. Eat an Uncrustable while you do it. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.
2: All right.
5: Yeah, I just want to say thank you, man. Uh, Mike, you paved the way for guys like me. You played eight years and then you transitioned over to um, to the media. I've been watching you since, what's, what's the name of that show? The best, I, I, I forget the name of that show. Oh, I best Dance Sports
1: or the, uh, yeah, I, I know. Charlie, you know what Blupper I'm talking about, it was so
5: long yeah. ago, man. So yeah. long ago, yeah, man, I, show, I watched yeah. it religiously. Like I used to stay up I, late nights just to see it come on, man. You know how cable used to be back in the day. Like, yes. just, yeah, Yeah. so I used to catch it all the time, man, and uh, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate the Thanks, father man. son thing, man. Y'all got something good going, man, I love to do it with my son. Uh, keep it, keep it going, man. Proud of y'all. Thanks, Spice. No, Appreciate it. you too, nice, Jesse. Jesse man, really keep good. it going, Jesse. Yep. I, I think I met you at the Super Bowl in Miami or something like I that. I had just and gotten
3: engaged. You. you met. I was like a, a young, pre-married. The Rock was fresh. The Rock was fresh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah.